Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. We'll pray and I'll let you be seated this morning. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 4. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 4. Good-looking crowd here this morning. So glad to have you here today at Starkville Church of God. Thankful you came out on a rainy, dreary Sunday morning. But what better way to have a better day than to get into the house of the Lord and to get in His presence and His people. Somebody say amen. amen. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 4 says this. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. I want to preach to you on the subject prayer, praise, and victory. Prayer, praise, victory. Would you stretch your hands this way and ask for God's anointing upon my life as I do the same for you? Father, Lord, what a wonderful, wonderful service that has gone on thus far. And Lord, as we come to this place now where we pull ourselves up to your table, Lord, Lord, we pray for one another. God, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice here this morning. I pray, oh Lord, that you would just open their hearts, their minds, and their spirits, that they'd be receptive to your word. I pray, oh Lord, that the seed of the word would fall onto good ground and that it would produce a multiplied 100-fold harvest, I pray in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray that you'd help me today. I am just an earthen vessel. I am nobody special. But God, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I know, God, through your anointing, God, Lord, yokes can be broken. I know that through your anointing, oh God, lives can be touched and changed. That with you, nothing is impossible. So, Lord, I pray for the clarity of thought and speech that is necessary to do what you've called me to do. Let your word be like fire shut up in my bones here today. And, God, we give you the thanks in advance for all that you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said... Amen. Before you're seated, would you turn around to two or three people, fist bump them, tell them you're glad to see them at Starkville Church of God this morning. As we come into 2 Chronicles chapter 20 here, we find that I've always king is Jehoshaphat. Everybody say Jehoshaphat. Even as a kid, I've always thought that's one of them fun names to say, isn't it? Jehoshaphat. He received sudden bad news that a huge army made up of several different nations were headed his way determined to destroy him, to destroy his nation, to destroy everything that they had. And like a true man of God should, he made up his mind to seek the Lord and he proclaimed a fast in Israel. I'm still thankful today that there are people that know where to turn. When things are going bad, when things are looking bleak, when things are coming against you, how many of you know that the best thing to do is not to panic, it's not to stick your head in the sand, it's not to just throw your hands up in the air and give up, 
But how many of you know that the best thing to do is to turn to the Lord? When you find yourself in trouble, when you find yourself in a mess, when you find yourself facing a crisis, the best place that you can go is to the Lord. And so King Jehoshaphat did exactly that. We find, as we read in our text, that the people quickly assembled and they began to earnestly cry out to the Lord for his help. I want to give you a few points here this morning as we look at this subject, prayer, praise, and victory. Number one, what happened here? How did they ask, how they asked for help is number one. Well, I believe we find in verse six that they expressed their confidence. If you want to keep your Bibles open to this chapter, we'll be going through it here this morning. Oh Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. You see, when they begin to pray and call out on God, they begin to do it with confidence. I need to remind us today here that when we pray, we need to believe when we pray. Jesus said in Matthew 21 and 22, and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing. Everybody say believing. Believing ye shall receive. Now, I'm not going to make anybody raise your hand because I don't want anybody to get embarrassed, but I will admit there's been some times where I have prayed for some stuff and it was hard for me to believe for it. Brothers and sisters, I'm not going to lie. I've been preaching for since I was 16 years old, and there's been some times where I've even prayed with some people about some ginormous situations, and I've got to admit that my faith has not always been what it should. There have been some times where people have been facing some sicknesses, some issues, and even in my prayer, I'm saying the right things. But down in my heart, I'm like, oh, God, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. Y'all are all more spiritual than me this morning. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, thank the Lord, you're more spiritual than he is. <laughs> but I've got to admit, there's been times where I have prayed, and I've just been like, I'm going to say the right things. I'm going to do it. But I, I need you today to remember that when we pray, we must believe that God is who he says he is, that he can do what he says he can do, and not just that, that he'll do it for us. Because there's times that I've, hey, I've always believed he parted the Red Sea. I've always believed that David killed Goliath. I've always believed when people have shared testimonies of how God has healed them or delivered them. But there's been times in my life where I have struggled to believe it for me. I've said, oh, I know you did it for them, and I know you did it for them, and I saw you do it for her, but I just don't know it. I'm telling you today, you've got to get to the place when you ask God, believe that he can, believe that he will, and not just for anybody and everybody else, but you've got to believe that he loves you and he cares about you, and if God did it for anybody else, then God will do it for you too. Somebody give him praise if you believe it. I believe that confidence was expressed when they began to declare what he had done in the past. Verse 7, Oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? 
They began to speak about what God had done in the past. Lord, you're the one that drove out the Canaanites and the Hittites and all of those ites before us. Your friend, I like how they said that. Remember your friend, great, 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 great grandpa Abraham, your friend, oh Lord. Remember how you did that. You know, there's sometimes that you've got to speak over your life what God has done in the past. Startful Church of God. I find myself doing that more and more. God, you blessed this church in the past. You brought us, you brought us from the cotton mill schoolhouse. You took us over into the cotton district. You brought us over here, and you didn't just do all that for all those folks in the past to just drop us off here on Montgomery and Loxley and leave us alone. If you did it for those in the past, you will do it for us here today. There's been times in my life where Jamie and I have wondered, how we going to pay this or how we going to do that how many of you know kids are expensive somebody say amen and there's been times where we're like I don't know how you're going to do it but then we look back at our life and say God when we had absolutely nothing and we was living on love just both of us in college and hardly no income you took care of us every time we never went without a meal we never went hungry and you always took care of us and so if you took care of us then you're going to take care of us now you see we've got to look back on the past not because we're stuck in the past but we're going to glorify God for what he did for us in the past and know that if he did it for us then he can still do it for us again amen now they confessed their condition they had several things going now you you've if you've heard me very much you know that uh I don't quite agree with some how some preach it how some say, well, if you admit that there's a problem, you're just confessing it over your life. Well, I think that's taking glory away from God. If I try to act like the problem's not there and God solves it, what in the world's God done in the first place? So they confess this. They said, we have no power. We have no power to face this vast army. They had a little army. But it was nothing compared to these nations that were coming together against them. They said, we don't have any army. They said, not only that, they said, we don't even have a plan. They said, we do not know what to do. I don't know if y'all have ever been there before or not, but I have. I, I wish, I wish that I could, you know, say that, oh, I've always, I've always known exactly what I needed to do. Absolutely not. There's been times where I've had to say that to God. God, I don't have the power. And even if I had the power, I don't even know what in the world I should do if I had it. And that's what they were saying. They came to God and they said, we have no power. We can't face this army on our own. And we don't even know what to do. We don't have any plan. But they said this. They lifted their souls to God and they said, but our eyes are upon you. You see, I don't know what brought you here this morning. I don't know why you chose to come to Starkful Church of God this morning, but I believe that God's got a word for you right here out of his word. And I need to remind somebody that you may not have the power, and you may not have the money, and you may not have the authority, and you may not even feel like you've got the skills, and you may not even know what in the world you could do. Even you may be saying, God, we don't know what to do. But I came here today to 
tell somebody, but if you will put your eyes on him, take him off of the problem, take him off of the situation, take him off of the bills, take him off of the doctor's report, and put your eyes on the master. I'm telling you today that he can and he will deliver you from your circumstance. Number two, how they received it. I believe, first of all, by an encouraging word. Flip over to verse 17. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. But go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. You see, you really don't need much more encouragement than that. As long as God is with you, that's all you need. As long as God is with me, I'm not really worried what I'm going to come up against. As long as I know that he's with me, there ain't nothing that I'm going to face that is bigger than my God. You know, Moses at one point, he told God, God was like, I'm going to let y'all go, but I'm not going with you. What did Moses say? He said, God, if you ain't going, this is RDL version, God, if you ain't going, I don't want to go either. I'm not going if you're not going with me. And I have come to that place in my life that wherever he tells me to go, that's where I have gone. I've gone places I didn't really want to go, but God told me to go. And when I went, he went with me. And I came to tell you this morning that if you will put your faith and your trust in him, no, he says, if you go where I tell you to go and you do what I tell you to do, I'm going to be with you. And as long I've got him with me. I don't have to worry about any giants. I don't have to worry about any mountains. I don't have to worry about any Red Seas or Jordan Rivers. I know that God will get me through. Somebody say amen. amen. By calming how they received it, encouraging word, calming their fears. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Now, I haven't personally done it, but there's enough people that have researched and actually done it themselves that I trust them. 365 times throughout the scriptures, there is the phrase, fear not or do not be afraid or some derivative of that. 365 times. Sound familiar? Every day of the year. Every day of the year in this book, there is a promise that God says, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Don't get too upset because I am going to be with. Folks, fear is real. Fear is something that we all face. And I believe it's significant when something is in the Bible 365 times, we need to hold on to that and say, God, help me. I will listen to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Then he called them and urged them to greater faith. Look, then at verse 20, early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set, up, set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem, have faith. Somebody say, have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith. Somebody say, have faith 
in his prophets and you will be successful. He said, what? Have? Yes. He said, have faith in the Lord your God. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. He said, you've got to have faith. Faith. You see, I've got, I believe that we've got to have faith in God, and he will uphold us. I believe we've got to have faith in God and listen to his prophets, listen to his word, listen to those that are speaking forth, and we must believe, and we will be successful. Listen, please don't just misunderstand me here because I'm not all about you got to go around seeking for a word from some prophet or something, but I've been there before where somebody's been preaching and they spoke under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and it was for me and God moved on me. He said, trust, have faith in the prophets of God. Have faith, whether you're in Sunday school, the man or woman of God that speaks forth the word of God and speaks for something and you know it's for you. Have faith in God and you will be successful by direction from the Lord. Look verse, back at verse 16. Tomorrow... March down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge and the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. The Lord give, gives us directions. He doesn't always give them when we think we should have them. But the Lord will give them, and they receive the direction of the Lord. He said, this is where they're going to be. This is what they're going to do. wasn't the only time in the Scripture. In fact, I believe it was the prophet Elijah. He kept on telling them, and the enemy was like, what's going on? It's like they have a spy right in the secret chambers of the king. And one of them spoke up, there's a prophet in Israel, and God tells them everything that you say in secret. Can I just tell you today that I believe that the Lord will give you direction in your life if you'll trust Him and ask Him. He can give you insight. He can give you revelation into stuff that you would never know on your own. Thirdly, how they acted. Well, I believe we find very clearly here that they worshiped. Look at verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. You see, we find that they bowed down before the Lord. I believe that worship equips us for warfare. I believe it's important that we come together and we worship Him as a body as a family of believers. I believe it's important that we worship him on our own. I hope the only time that you worship the Lord isn't when Pastor Joel's up here with his guitar. I hope that's not the only time you worship him. I hope that you worship him at times on your own because worship equips us to warfare. Not only did they worship, they bow down before the Lord, but then they praised. Look at verse 19. I love this verse. So in verse 18, they bow down They've been worshiping, and then in verse 19 it says this, Then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. You see, there comes a time in all of our lives where the enemy has roughed us up, 
Times have been hard. We've been scared. We've been afraid. Sometimes there's a time that we do worship. The Bible says this, that what? That they were and they were worshiping. They were worshiping and calling out to God and crying out to them on their face. Listen, sometimes life gets us to that place, doesn't it? Life gets us to that place where we are on our face, we are prostrate before the Lord, and that is completely and totally biblical and appropriate. But there comes a time. There comes a time where it's time to get up. I wish you'd look at somebody beside you and say, there comes a time to get up. There's a time to lay down, but there's a time to get up. There's a time to cry. There's a time to call out to the Lord. There's a time where everything seems heavy and you've got to be there, but there comes a time where it's time to pick yourself up off of the ground. Stop trying to be a victim. Stop trying to let everything keep you down. There's time it says then, after a while, a Levite started to get up and they started to shout. They started to pray. It said with a loud voice. They began to praise God. There comes a time where it's time to wipe the tears away. There comes a time where it's time to pick yourself up off of your floor or out of your bed and stand up on your feet and raise your hands and lift your voice to God and begin to shout praise unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords for he's worthy of our praise. Yes. Hallelujah. They praised before they saw the mercy. Mm. Look at verse 21. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise Him for the splendor of His holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. I don't know about you, but as I read this, I can see this unfolding in my mind. News came. Jehoshaphat got worried. He said, everybody better get to Jerusalem. We're about to pray and we're about to fast. Everybody gets there. They get down. They're on, the, they're on the ground. They're calling out to God. They're worshiping God. And then after a while, that old Levite, oh, that old Levite, he gets up off of the ground and he said, I, I've worshiped. And I've laid around long enough. It's time now. I'm going to get up and I'm going to begin to praise the Lord because He is the mighty one of Israel. And then oh, they all begin, one by one, they begin to stand up. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful for some that when nobody else will shout, there's always one. There's always one that'll shout if don't nobody else shout. Listen, I don't want to pick at him. I love him. I told Brother Ernie the other week, I said, I missed you when you were gone. I said, because if won't nobody else shout, you're going to shout. And when he gets to shouting, some of the rest of you will start shouting then. You know, that's what I see that old Levite. He got up and he got, woo, hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory to God. All of a sudden, the rest of them start popping up. They 
start shouting. They start dancing. They start praising. Then old Jehoshaphat's like, you know what? said he consulted with the people. Did y'all see that? I read it. I believe he's like, all right, y'all going to think I'm nuts. RDL version again. Y'all going to think I'm nuts. But how about we send out the praisers before we send out the army? And they must have all been spiritual because it seems like they all agreed. (laughs) And the Bible said, before the guys with the shields, the swords, the spears, the bows and arrows, the armor, the weapons, before any of them went out, who went out first? The praisers. The praisers went out, and he sent them forth ahead of the army. They were saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Can you imagine that? Instead of the sound of shields, instead of the sound of swords, instead of the sound of horses and bridles and wagons and chariots, instead it was the sound of praisers coming down through there saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Can you imagine what it did to the enemy when they heard the praises coming forth? You will confuse the devil when he thinks he's got you down, when he thinks he's got you beat, when he's got you pinned down, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you pick yourself up and you start shouting and you start praising and you start giving glory. To God. Then they send out the praisers and they start praising. They never even got to this before they saw the mercy. They praised him before one enemy soldier was ever killed. Sometimes you got to praise him in faith. Sometimes you got to praise him when the doctor's still saying the same thing. Sometimes you got to praise him when your boss is still being a jerk. Sometimes you got to praise him when your grades aren't looking like you know they need to. Sometimes you got to praise him when your bank account is not looking like you wish it would. Sometimes you got to praise him when you don't feel like it, when you ain't even seen the first sign of victory. They sent out the praisers who praised first. But then, in verse 24, they saw the promise fulfilled. Verse 24, when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert, and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. (laughs) They hadn't even drawn a sword. They haven't even thrown a spear. Israel hadn't even shot an arrow. But their praise had sent the enemy armies into confusion, and they killed. It said there was not even one of them left. I don't know how it worked. Maybe the last two were running around, and they both ran at each other with their spears and killed. I don't know how it happened, but it said there was not even one left alive. They saw the promise fulfilled, and the plan, oh, God, created for their destruction, turned into their blessing. Now look at verse 25. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment, clothing, and also articles of value. Look at this. More than they could take away. There was so much plunder 
It took three days to collect it all. What the enemy has meant to destroy you. God will turn it around for your good and he will bless you. That's not my opinion. That's this book right here. God is telling you that the enemy has tried to destroy you. He's tried to take you down. He's tried to kill you. He's tried to discourage you. But the plan that he thought was going to bring about your destruction, he's going to use it to bless so much that it'll take you three days to haul back home the blessings that he's given to you. Then, something important here. They blessed the Lord. Verse 26. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord. Reminds me of a story where Jesus had cleansed ten lepers. Cleansed all ten of them, but only one came back to thank him and praise him. But right here we see that Listen, it took, yes, it took them. Remember, it took them three days to haul everything back. But it says, the, made sure the fourth day, soon as that third day, as soon as they got everything hauled back home, it says the fourth day that they stopped and they took time and they began to praise the Lord. Don't you take for granted when God delivers you. Don't take it for granted when God blesses you. Don't you take it for granted when God does great things for you. I know we're coming up on November and Thanksgiving. And listen, I know that we shouldn't just be thankful in November, but it's a, it is a good reminder to be thankful. To be thankful for the good things that God has done for you. Praise Him for it. And then they were rewarded with rest. Verse 30, and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. I believe that the Lord will keep you. He'll fight for you. He'll get you through it. He'll take what the enemy had meant to destroy you and bless you. And if you will then praise him for it, he'll give you peace on every side. As we started this chapter, it begins with danger, fear, and trouble all around. But it ends with joy, praise, quiet, and rest. We can take this in several different ways, and I think that I would be amiss if I didn't stop and remember the ultimate, most important meaning of this, the rest that comes in eternity. You, I think you know by now, I certainly believe God takes care of us in the here and now. But can I just remind you that the ultimate goal and the ultimate rest will come when we make it to heaven with Him. Rest is coming. Our end is rest. I know we're worried because I know, I know what the book of Revelation says. I know what the book of Daniel says. I know what the Bible says of, of, of times that are coming. Tribulation. Hard times are coming. But the end, the end of it all, his rest, his blessings. The two main words I believe of this chapter are prayer and praise. Pray 
and praise your way through every difficulty. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.